we talk about movies, shows, games, and whatever the heck we want. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. I am joined by my good friend John, and I am Chris, and we are your co-hosts for the day. John, how ya doing? I'm hanging in there, man. I'm I'm tired from this week, but I'm ready to do this. We got some exciting stuff to talk about. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Just like uh what was it, a couple weeks ago where you're like where you're like, How you doing? And I'm like, I'm alright. I'm tired. And, and and now the roles are reversed. I'm full of energy and I'm gonna carry you. I'm gonna make sure you don't sink into the bottom of the ocean. You can fit on this door that we're floating across with the other survivors. You will make it, John. I will make room for <laughs> you, you, my Rose. Or wait, no, my Jack. And I am Rose. Ooh, ooh, I get to be Jack. All right, I like it. Yeah, and I get to be a redhead. Well, we're switching roles this time. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we've got some, not a lot of newsy stuff today, so we're going to mix and mash. You know, we're going to talk about some easy stuff, get some thoughts, and then we're just going to go into something I want to know about. But we'll get to that later. Find out later. Just keep on listening. Uh, John. Mad Max Fury Road is getting a prequel with Furiosa, with the star of Anya Taylor-Joy, who I don't know who it is, but I did get a picture of her. I was just like, I don't know what she's done. And then our lovable Chris Hemsworth, everyone's Jack idiot friend. That is just so funny. And we love him so much. He's, he's Australia's new sweetheart replacing, I would say, uh, Hugh Jackman. So, yeah. Yeah, I would say Hugh's kind of aged out of it, kind of taken a back seat. Chris Hemsworth has definitely become the forefront of Australian acting. The forefront? You, the, the forefront of... Well, I never said he was the forefront of, of Australian acting. Do you think he's a better actor than Hugh Jackman? No, I'm just saying he's now he is much more of a prominent actor. He He's in his prime, whereas Hugh yes. Jackman is out of his prime. Yes. Yeah, I, I think we both agree on that, but I... I, I find this very fascinating because this is one of those movies where it kind of came out of left field for me, like Mad Max. Mad Max Fury Road uh, as a movie came out of nowhere, and it was amazing. I love that movie. The soundtrack to that movie, even though it sounds like a lot of grunge, it is it is masterful how they mix and mash like metal, uh, the metal mentality, the metal sound with an orchestra it is phenomenal. It is one of the more interesting soundtracks I've ever listened to uh, of the ones that I have. And also the tone that is consistent throughout the movie, the universe that I knew nothing about. And people were like, oh, yeah, Mel Gibson was in a Mad Max. I'm like, what is this universe? But it is in. I think now there's more of a scope on it. There's more of a lens down on Mad Max as a franchise compared to what it was, because they took a long hiatus, John. It's like, you know, 35-something years, you know, pl- oh, yeah. 30 years plus to get it to the next, to get to the next installment into the franchise, and here we are. We got Mad Max Fury Road on that hi- after that hiatus, and now we're getting the next prequel in sometime in the future, probably in the next, you know, three, four years, depending on when pandemic will end, but we don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. What seeing who's casted and did you want this i didn't i didn't well i still don't know that i want this but okay so a couple points one uh fury road was actually the fourth entry in the franchise uh 
Mel Gibson had done three movies. Oh, uh, I thought he, I thought this I thought Mad Max Fury Road was the third one. I don't believe. No, uh, okay. Now you're now you're making me question it. No, no. Mad Max Fury Road is the one that came out. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Mad Max. We're gonna have okay, to look. Maybe... Th- we're gonna have to look this up real time because I'm, I'm so confused. Let's look it up. The Mad Max universe. Cinematic no, he did. Universe. Yeah, there were three. There was Mad Max. There was Mad Max Two. There was Mad Max Beyond in oh, 1985. Oh, that's the one. I the Thunderdome one. Yeah. Ah, okay. Ew. This universe is bigger than it is. Exactly. Than, than what I thought. Um, it's bigger than what I thought. Go on. Go on. So Anya Taylor Joy, she was she's played magic in the new New Mutants movie. Um, she's had a lot of pretty prominent roles. She, um, I think, has just finished up a, a series with Apple TV. Um, if I'm remembering right, or maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Anyways, she's a pretty prominent actress. Um, so and and she looks kind of like Charlize Theron, uh, kind of younged down a bit. So I, I could see why they're going for because it's a Furiosa story and she's going to be the lead um, kind of, I guess, explaining her backstory because people really were drawn to her as a character. So I I think if they stick with the same aesthetic and, and tone of that universe that they set up with the um, with the Tom Hardy version, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, it, it'll really just depend on if they get the same director, uh, how close to that. Uh, feel that they're going to try and go for and really i guess it, it'll just depend on what kind of story they want to tell because we we really don't know anything about this character we don't really know the direction that they want to go in so it's 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 a prequel but it's still original enough in my eyes to to warrant being like an original story because um, it, it'll i'm sure it'll feel disconnected enough from what we know to not feel super familiar yeah uh that that's what gets uh, how I how I interpret it is is that um, having this prequel and uh, now I'm looking at pictures of uh, uh, Anya Taylor Joy and now I know where I, I was like who where is this girl from she's from Glass yeah yeah Mr Glass no yeah so she she's from Glass she's the kid who's kidnapped our uh, young teenager who's kidnapped and I was just like where else have I seen her and then also I saw her from commercials for that movie or tv show emma and i was just like i i don't dig it at all her as emma but uh her in glass she was so great uh i loved her like brooding nature kind of a loner obviously she's in a terrible situation she was sexually abused as a kid and god that is heartbreaking obviously it's made up character but still you could have sympathy for this person she played she did a great job of portraying that and her body language and everything so yeah I, I, uh, her being Furiosa, I can't wait to see that on the silver screen. And, um, I wasn't expecting this, but I want it now, you know, uh, with how Fury Road hit me, I, I'm definitely excited for what's next. The, the prequel, how do we get from point A to point B? Like what we, we saw point B, let's see point A, like how do we get there? And prequels, I want I want this to be a prequel that has some weight to it because I, I don't want it to be uh, I don't want to be like oh there's a new big bad in this movie I would like it to be where we do have elements from the first movie in this you know uh, reboot of this franchise or not reboot but reimagining or continuation however you want to call it um, John what is the technical term for 
Mad Max continuing? Uh, prequel? Prequel? Well, I mean, <laughs> compared to the other things, the other, like, parts with uh, Mel Gibson. Like, this is a... It's not a reboot. It's a... No, I mean, it, it's just kind of flushing out the, the universe and uh, f- giving us some more details about the world as a whole. Because we... It, we got a lot of the traditions and the and the way that the culture works, but we didn't really get. Um, maybe she'll be introduced to different types of cultures. Um, maybe we're just looking at a broad, like a, a broadening of the spectrum of this world. Uh, it, like I said, it, it's really just going to depend on how far they want to take this, how connected they want to stay to the to Fury Road, and how close they want to be, like geographically. Um, so maybe we'll do some traveling. Maybe she's been a few places because she's. When, when we, by the time we got to Fury Road, she's she's seen some things, she's done some things, she's she can take she's care of herself. She's lost an arm. She's lost part of her arm. You, you know, maybe we'll get that in this one. Oh, uh, yeah. But it won't be forced. It won't be like baby fed to us like Star Wars with like the dice. And his name is Solo because he was the only one in the line. And yeah, you know, <laughs> I hope it's just like a simple scene. It's like, oh, my my hand is cut off. And it's just like. Oh, that makes sense. But I don't want to be like, and this is when we shaved her head. And this is when we gave her the, the mascara that goes around her eyes. We're going to be like, you know what? This is a little bit much. You know, don't, don't, don't force feed it to me. Yeah. But uh, George Miller is coming back to it. So that gives me some hope. But I, I wanted to just b- before we go to the next topic, I want to ask you prequels. Now, obviously, people will go to different prequels. Uh, when you talk about trilogies and all that stuff, you can think of, like, The Hobbit. You can think of uh, Star Wars. That's the more famous one that's made fun of. But sometimes, I, I'm curious, like, is there a prequel that's ever done really, really well for a movie? Because this is an interesting question, because I I want this, but I'm also skeptical. Like, I believe in George Miller. He's the one who's writing it. He's co-writing it. And he's going to produce the film. That's fantastic. But whenever I hear prequel, I just... A little bit of me goes... <gasps> you know? And and that happened with... Uh, what was it? They did it for Ocean's... Ocean's uh, 11, 12, 13. And then they're like, Ocean's 8! And I was like, okay. But I, I don't know. I don't, what are your thoughts on that with prequels? I mean, the the only one that really comes to mind um was the rise of the planet of the apes that um yeah just kind of i mean it it was almost a complete reimagining of the world but it it told the story leading up to what we knew um i i i think in my opinion that's probably it's got to be probably one of the most successful prequels matt reeves yeah reeves you taking on batman yeah, I mean the because even like when you think about like the Star Trek movies, technically those are prequels um, uh, to the, one of the future series to the next generation, um, leading to where or leading to the original Star Tre- Star Trek, um, but in like a obviously like a different universe. Um, but even with that, the, I think the first one was great. The second one did okay, but it was pretty predictable. And then the third one, I think, just really fell flat from what fans wanted um so i definitely had a downward trajectory but i i I think of all the (laughs) ones i can think of off the top of my head planet of the apes probably had the strongest most consistent trilogy prequels yeah well i bring that up because it's it i can't think of like really good prequel things that have ever been done and it's such a i'm hoping that 
Matt, or not Matt Reeves, but George Miller can hit it on the nose. I'm hoping. I don't know, and I'm curious. Do you think it's likely, since he's the one who's who's done this universe since the beginning of Mad Max? He he directed all those ones in the early early days, and now that technology is caught up, he's like, we're doing it again, motherfucker. And he's bigger, big sets. Everything's practical. I'm just I'm curious to get your thought. Do you think? No, if you had to guess, do you think it's likely that this iteration is going to be up to snuff? Doesn't have to be perfect. Doesn't have to do Mad Max Fury Road. But is this prequel, this next installment, is it going to be up to standard? I I think if he takes the same approach that it did with Fury Road, it's going to be. It has the potential to be really good. Obviously, the casting seems to be great. Um, with the director back behind the helm, that's a great sign. I think the only, the biggest thing that might trip it up is if the studio views it as a cash grab rather than a, a good original story. And if they try and, if basically, if, if we get too many chefs in the kitchen and there's too many studio notes saying this is what's going to draw the, the audience in, this is what's profitable right now, rather than letting George Miller, who's such a unique creative and a unique storyteller, um, they just need to let him do his thing. And if if he's coming back on to tell a story like this, then he obviously believes in it and thinks that it would enrich the world that he's created. Because um, it's not often that directors come back for things like this unless it's a big passion project of theirs. I mean, he had a huge hit with Fury Road, and I don't think he had any reason to come back to this unless there was a, um, a strong um, reason for him to be propelled into it. Uh, and for maybe even for him to pitch the idea. So as long as they let him do his thing and let him be a unique director like he is, I think I'm going to be pretty happy with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what we hope. That's what we want. Uh, now let's go on to the next story. And this one, I didn't think would ever happen. And quite honestly, I don't want it, but we're getting it. So woo, but still. Uh, Mila Jovovich, uh, you know her from the Resident Evil franchise and movies. She is now going to be in a movie for Monster Hunter, the lovable video game where you hunt and kill monsters, giant creatures and all this other stuff. And uh, yeah, they're coming out with a movie. And people often say that video game movies fail and they're terrible. And uh, I would agree because the Resident Evil movie franchise has nothing to do with the actual Resident Evil movie or the resident evil video games but they've they they have a cult following which is all right cool it's kind of like the, those people who really like ninja ninja 2 uh you know the it man series is just like are these movies fantastic not really but there's a cult behind them mortal Kombat is another example of that but uh you know i the only the only in my mind the only movies that really make it to that top tier level of like that was a good movie is sonic the hedgehog for kids uh not for adults and then pokemon i would say is the best one so far it can't be topped and maybe i'm looking at it from a bias because i love pokemon but it was a movie that i was like oh this is pretty dope and the the reveal at the end was kind of predictable but along the way like there were jokes it was a good story and while you people could make fun of i think his name is justice smith is the actor yeah who plays the main protagonist i i get it some people don't like his aesthetic but it just happens and you know that is what it is you know with what with what they had it was good this movie i don't believe in john 
have you seen the trailer? Are you are you invested at all? Are you curious? Are you demoralized? What what is going on with your head when you hear the news about Mila jo- Jovovich? I'm going to screw that name up every time. I'm really bad with the vovov and the itch, you know. The Ooh. Mila Jovovich. That sounds like you should go see a doctor about that. Yeah, I have <laughs> I, I have I have the symptoms of Jovovich. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean I. Yeah, I, what you got? I okay. So we we saw teasers from this and like cast pictures. I want to say like a year ago. I mean it's been a while, and I mean the aesthetic that they were building. I mean kind of, for lack of a better segue, is kind of like the Mad Max segue or uh, aesthetic. So it, it was interesting. I, I definitely feel like uh, my interest peaked there. Um, but seeing, I, I haven't even really seen the full trailer. I think I just saw the teaser and even just seeing like the monster design. Um, I mean, the, the scale of them is huge. It's like a person fighting Godzilla and that, that concept to me is pretty interesting. Um, just having these enormous monsters that just regular people are fighting. Um, I mean, I'm. I'm a big fan of like the just monster beat em up kind of Godzilla movies. And I, in that respect, I'm, I think I'm drawn towards this. I probably should watch the full trailer and get a better sense of the story. But um, as of right now, knowing there nothing, is no story, the what? There is no, the, whatever <laughs> story there is, it looks terrible. Fair enough. I mean, I, I don't know anything about the games. I don't know how, how accurate they're going to be. Uh, compared to the video games maybe it'll be just be taken in a completely different direction and kind of like a rampage where it's really just in the name only it's not really about what the games were like at all um i, I mean it's going to be similar to rampage where it is basically a blank canvas where there is no real story um it's just and, and i'll 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 get it give it to you now before you watch the trailer it's just it, it's these people who are out like in a Humvee. It's like a bunch of soldiers doing a run. They're like, hey, they find like other destroyed Humvees and like, what the heck happened here? How did this happen? They see a storm and they're going by these like ancient stones. Like these things got to be really old. And then they get transported to another monster hunter universe. And then they're, there's like a bunch of soldiers from modern day with their Humvee and they're seeing these giant monsters and they got to kill them. It's a survival story and they meet like the locals. It's kind of like, that's what you get from the trailer, and I swear to God, John, the way the CG is shot, the way the the action sequences are put together, it reminds me of. It's like Michael Bay, and uh, actually, I was about to say Michael Bay and Six Underground put together, but he made that movie. He did. So it's a, it look it looks like a Michael Bay movie, and that is not something I want. <laughs> but at the same time, you as a monster, uh, beat 'em up fan of those genres maybe it does appeal to you i don't know it's just the way it's shot just makes you like think michael bay and not godzilla okay now i'm worried yeah you should (laughs) (laughs) that's i don't think it's gonna be good that's not the combination i want to hear chris it is one of those things where it has the typical like there's the army shot they're like where are we and the camera like pans over looking at them and then it goes slow-mo after they see like thing like oh and it's just like no this such such michael bay vibes to it i hate it i I, uh, but that's me and maybe i'm wrong but john just like how you try and balance out my snyder hate i gotta balance your love for these movies because it looks bad 
<laughs> well, I mean, I think when you when you take them for what they are, and okay, like just because of I'm going to talk about what I know, like speaking specifically about the Godzilla and King Kong movies, it, like. I don't think that there really should be any kind of like human story as a focus per se. It's really, I agree. You what? I agree. 100%. That's the thing in the movies that I get annoyed with. Like, I don't care. I don't care about the humans kids. Like I hope, I hope the kid dies. Let's, let's focus on Godzilla here. Exactly. Like if I'm going to go see a Godzilla movie, I want to see some monsters fight. And so King of Mm -hmm. Monsters was really good for me. I mean, I, I don't, really like the the story of it but i loved i'm just it it's like an escapism thing where you just step out of you get out of your head you don't think too much you just watch a bunch of big monsters fight in some really incredibly done cg um I, rodan i loved rodan in that movie um and his whole scene breaking out and fighting the fire jets and uh just visually it was just stunning and the and the lightning storms that Ghidorah caused and was in um visually if if it's incredibly entertaining for me i can forgive a lot of bad story and in that sense i'll just go on youtube and rewatch some of the highlights like some of the the big action sequences um but if if this movie kind of takes the first godzilla route which that was warranted because that was what the original movies did was they focused on the on the humans and less about godzilla but um if if that's the route that this takes where it's it's solely focused on the humans and there's there's not enough of the monsters in it that's a deal breaker for me yeah i don't think you can get a lot of monster stories it's kind of gonna be like that that uh human spirit kind of bs where it's just like we've got to survive and then you start hearing like like a like a like a drummer boy in the background it's like we got to live. We got to get back to our families. And then you hear like the swell of horns. And it's just like a guy in the background who's like covered in dirt. And then he's like got a single tear going down his face. And you're like, why is the filter so tangerine? Why do I feel like I'm looking at copper? What is this filter? And it's just that way the whole way. It looks like Book of Eli, but it's the aesthetic of like, bro, we're going to kill some monsters. Not, oh my gosh, it's the apocalypse. Oh. And it's completely di- it, it feels like that but they're in a jungle it just looks weird but you, you don't have to experience it for yourself the, and ladies and gentlemen we are working with what we got this is what this is what the movie gods have presented to us and my lord am i not excited <laughs> uh but but the game I never played it i have friends who love monster hunter it's a lot of fun it's true if you and the bros you and the gals, what you gonna do? You have your friends over, or you're not. You're social distancing. One's in another house. You're in this house. You get on. You get on the the online space. You get on the computers, or you get on the consoles, and you go out with your friends and you hunt down monsters. It's a grand old time. It's really great. It's like a raid in uh, World of Warcraft. But that's the thing that makes it fun is you're doing it together. This is a movie that I have to watch, and I'll watch it with my friends, but I have no commentary. I'm not the one who's doing anything, and I have to watch this stupid human story of these people trying to survive, and it's like Michael Bay produced it. I don't know, man. That's that's not really my thing, so I hope you're wrong. I hope this is better than, than you think it's going to be. I hope I am wrong, because nothing from this... Like, the monster designs look really cool, but... Then they, then I think about it. I'm like, oh, this one looks like a dragon. I've seen it before. This one looks like a a dinosaur with a with a 
with bone armor, I'm like, okay, that's original and unique, but that's the first monster we encounter, so it's probably going to die. Uh, and this dragon monster is going to be the one that rules everything. I'm like, that's kind of lame. Show me something I've never seen before. Show me Cthulhu. So this is interesting. So the budget's only $60 million for this, and for a movie that relies so heavily on CGI monsters, that feels incredibly low. Which you know what that means, John. That's not going to be good. That's all. No, no, it's not. Well, yeah, it's not going to be good, but that means the majority of the budget or the how they cut the budget. Like, yes, the majority is going to be spent on CG, but most of the movie, it's going to be about the people. Don't say that. Aw, uh, listen, if it had these monsters in every frame of the shot, explosions, all this other crazy stuff, that budget would be $360 million. But guess what? $50 million of that is going to the CG monsters. I mean, $10 million of that was spent on filming probably like 120 minutes of, of human interaction. <laughs> this kind of feels like a Netflix direct-to-video movie. Oh, no. Like Netflix like from 2010 or Netflix now? What's the Netflix from 2010? Ooh. Well, the verdict is out then. Well, let's move on to our a different subject Let's go on to our next happy story. The FCC. Yay. Yay, FCC. The, uh, the freaking FCC. <laughs> uh, basically, <laughs> there's your uh, family guy uh, reference for the day. Anyways, uh, FCC chief uh, Ajit Pai is basically talking about how social media firms uh, might not have the right to special immunity uh, when it comes to censoring uh, things on their platform and uh, i'm reading off this article from variety and i'll go ahead and read an excerpt of it just so you get an idea and this is written by todd spangler over at variety and we're i'm just going to read this excerpt and then we'll go ahead and, and talk about it but uh todd spangler writes zeroing in on provision of u.s communication law that donald trump has repeatedly called to be nixed fcc chairman ajit pai on thursday said he believes that the telecom agency has the legal authority to regulate social media companies. Quote, social media companies have a First Amendment right to free speech. Pi, a Trump appointee, said in a statement, continuing, but they do not have a First Amendment right to a special immunity denied to other media outlets, such as newspapers and broadcasters, end quote. Pi said he was initiating an official FCC rule- rulemaking proceeding seeking to clarify how Section 230 of the Communications Act applies to social media companies. As currently interpreted, Section 230 grants internet companies broad legal protections for user-posted content on their services. And that's what I'm just going to go over at that point. Um, There's so much more to this article. Please, uh, if you're listening to this, go read the article on Variety. It's written by Todd Spanger. came out on Thursday, 10-15. should be easy to find. But, um... I wanted to ask you, John, because this could be the rest of the co- uh, the podcast if we wanted. Well, we don't have to, but I, I I find that it is an interesting thing where social media, these companies, and specifically Twitter and Facebook are the ones that they're talking about. They, their people are upset, um, and I don't want to get too political, but some people, some politicians, and some people who aren't politicians but act stupid enough to anyways uh (laughs) they they get fact checked and they don't like it or uh 
they say they're hacked and they weren't hacked and then they get fired from C-SPAN, which happened to a journalist today, which is very funny. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like social media is kind of being starting Twitter and Facebook are starting to be regulated in a way where some people might think it's infringing on rights, but in another way, it's like people are saying lies and, and fabricating stories and, you know, Twitter and Facebook are doing the things that are within their terms of service. I'm curious to your thought, uh, what, what do you take away from this? Do you, do you believe that this is what Twitter and Facebook are doing? Do you think it is something that should be of concern to people in America, even to people abroad who use the service? Uh, is that something that they should be entitled to do on their platforms? So just using social media as some kind of basically like using social media for the political or, or like informational influence that it has over people. Uh, no, be, uh, I think I think it's more than that, because you could make that argument, obviously, for the social or the political influence, the just influence in general over people. But I'm saying, you know, do you take issue with a service provider you know, do you take issue that you're using this thing for free and it's, you know, you know, putting notations on someone's tweet like this needs to be fact checked. Please don't don't listen to this or or vice versa. They take down a whole ad on their on their platform because it's misleading. You know, do you think that this service and I'm phrasing it in such a way that you kind of know my position? Yeah. Do you think that this service like is really in the wrong for regulating those things do you think it goes against and also after you answer that do you think it really goes against the first amendment well look just because you have a place to post unfiltered thoughts about whatever you want doesn't mean that there doesn't come consequences with that that if you are posting um misinformation or intentionally trying to mislead people because with your influence or with somebody's name or whatever um if somebody's coming around and and having legitimate fact checks that are unbiased and just this is what the truth actually is that's not really like any kind of like political move or anything or or any kind of power play that just seems to be um a legitimate correction um i mean to me that's the same thing as um like when you're typing out a document and spell check fixes you you were wrong and, and somebody else came behind and fixed it and told you what, the, what it actually is. Um, th- to me, that should be the same mentality, that if, if you are incorrect about something, you should be corrected. I mean, if we're going to have the universal sum of all human knowledge pulled together in a, in a, on an online format like social media and like any kind of website you can go to, for it to just be completely unregulated just leads to more ignorance. Um, so as long as it's an unbiased, um, uh, source that's, that's fact checking these things and there's no hidden agenda, there's nothing. It's just pure facts straight down the middle on for both sides of the political spectrum. I don't see the downside to that. Now, I, I, there's always the chance that it's going to be abused and, um, people are always going to wonder if this is really just fact checking and corrections or if it's some kind of new way to influence people. Like I'm sure that's going to be the case, but as long as it's like, this is the idealist in me talking, as long as it's purely (laughs) um, informational, then I don't see anything wrong with it. Well, going to your comment, you said that you, 
you know, and this is obviously idealistic of you, and I believe the same thing idealistically. It should be down the middle, unbiased. However, um, the thing that people look to is that the Twitter is mostly shutting down conservative commentators, conservative uh, viewpoints, and that's what's getting flagged. That's what's getting taken down in ads and stuff like that, as opposed to uh more liberal views and more liberal ads and uh and, and those things aren't getting flagged as much and i'm curious to see uh going back to one of my questions is that um do you does this does this policing kind of infringe on the first amendment i don't think so because again it's not a matter of your your speech is being infringed upon it's that you can say what you want but there are consequences um, like I can tell somebody that they're, that they're fat and ugly, but if, if I get punched in the face because of it, then that's on me. Um, well, if you, if you tell someone they're fat and ugly and they take offense to it, you could get caught for cyberbullying and harassment online, yeah. which would be the same in the real world as being in a, in a school and you being in front of the teacher calling her a fat, ugly bitch, and then being sent to the principal's office, which you shouldn't tell your teachers that. Come on. That's a little, that's a little rude. A little bit. A little rude. Yeah, but I... I mean, sure, there may there may be some way to say that that there's more conservative views or uh, points being being censored than liberal views. But I mean, at this point, especially because there's a Republican in the in the White House that he's got the loudest voice and seems to be censored the most. So. <sighs> As long, like again, as long as it's unbiased, um, maybe we're just seeing a trend that needs to be corrected. Um, I mean, if by all means, if there are a bunch of, or if there are any liberal views and posts that are intentionally misleading, or harmful and uh, hurtful to people, then those absolutely need to be censored and corrected. Um, but I, I think the majority of the of the examples I can think of off the top of my head are examples about um like regarding health information about the virus about um uh voting uh rights being infringed upon or uh misleading people about the authentic authenticity of mail-in voting um things that are politically charged that that people are skewing in for and statistics and information about to stay in power um I don't know. This is getting very political, and I I don't want to get super political or anything. But I I think we're just we're seeing the loudest of voices that aren't always correct being censored. Um, well, let me go ahead and steer the the conversation away from that because we don't want to be political, and I'll, I'll extend an olive branch here because I'm the one who brought up the subject. Yeah. Um. Here here's what I'll say on this. I'm very worried about um, number one. I am worried about this statement. At the same time, I believe that it's Twitter. It's Facebook. And while I have used Facebook before, I don't use it anymore. I'm Honestly, this election cycle, whatever has made, you know, uh, people hate each other. doesn't matter who you're voting for. Like, it's all about, like, the fact that you vote for this means you're a piece of shit. And I don't believe that's the way... It should be done. That's the perspective that I see on Facebook. It's just like, oh, you're voting for this person? I hope you die. It's like, okay, that's a little overboard. Do we have to go there? And so I'm getting off social media for that reason. 
But I do worry about this idea that, you know, they can't like they're they're policing the stuff that's on their content. It's a service. You know, you're getting it for free. They're allowed to do with any, anything you want. If you think that it's infringing on your your First Amendment right, I mean, come on. You could still go into the street and you could say whatever you want. Well, not whatever you want, but, you know, you could say that you're a Nazi in the street and not get hurt. You know, people in your neighborhood might look at you weird and be like, oh, my gosh, we live next to a Nazi. Our property values are going to plummet or something like that. But, you know, if you can't say it on Twitter, it doesn't mean your First Amendment right has been infringed. It's a service at the end of the day. I think of it like Reddit or 4chan, where those are kind of Wild West. And Reddit has a lot of mods, and that's great because they could kind of watch content and be like okay this person is harassing this person it's uncalled for it and people have that discourse in there but they for the most part figure it out unless it's all community driven and twitter's not like that twitter it doesn't have twitter communities they have like twitter fans and they don't like police themselves twitter polices twitter um so i understand some people are upset about that it's like why is you know when i go into 4chan no one's getting mad at me it's like 4chan is not policing your twitter is uh, but that's a service. It's, you know, you you you're the only reason why your uh, rights aren't being infringed in fortunes because they don't care, and that's how toxicity and uh, not necessarily toxicity, but um, what's that thing that herd mentality comes into play, where no one's ever telling you you're wrong, no one's challenging your opinion, but at the same time, it's like I, I understand where people come from, but to me, it's just it's a service. You're using it for free. It, uh, social media isn't isn't another platform where your voice is is necessarily being heard to to get your point across you know is it if you speak on twitter and someone suppresses it does that stop you from going to the authorities about something that happened does that stop you from going to school does that stop you from going somewhere else it's a medium but it's not the medium to effectively communicate with your peers it's a medium to communicate with the world and where someone might say, well, that's my First Amendment right, I would have to say that you can use another medium to speak to the world. It's called Reddit. It's called 4chan. Uh, sometimes Facebook will allow you to do it. Sometimes not. And there's these things called harassment policies where these companies have to save their ass. You know, if you have a bunch of people on Twitter who say, you know, Sig Hale, and you have a bunch of people on your platform like, do you support Nazis? And Twitter's looking at its, looking at its um ethics, going through it deliberately, and looking at its lawyers and be like, "Oh my God, we don't support Nazis." And then the people look at you and you're like, "So what are you gonna do about it?" And you're like, "Yeah, we're just gonna get rid of these accounts." And it's like, "Oh, it makes sense." Stockholders, there's the ones invested in these companies that run ads on Twitter and all this other stuff and all this promotional stuff. That's how the machine works. It's like I totally get it. Why this is why you would ban this crazy speech and people might say that you know it's getting rid of conservative viewership conservative commentators not really get rid of all this other stuff whatever that and that's more political speak just go to another platform i i i understand what people are getting at but social media is not your first amendment right you are using a service when i speak out in my front yard there's i'm not using a service i'm using my my voice I don't have to get onto a computer. I don't have to type on my HP, the like keyboard. It's a service, you know, it's a thing. And I think that's what people can't get out of their head. I think that's, I think a lot of people, you know, wherever you live, 
need to understand that. Um, whether it's out of the country, whether it's not out of the country, you're using the service. That's what makes governments so weird is that, um, and this is talking about other country governments. Let's take China, for example. Guess what? China censors everything. And so if you're on like their version of Google and you're searching up Tiananmen Square, you're not going to find it. Uh, and that's the service you're provided by that government. You know, you know, it's that, and that country is super suppressed. Now, I'm not saying they have inalienable rights and they can walk out in the street and scream, you know, Tiananmen Square, because they're probably going to get locked up. And we're lucky in this country, we in the United States, we don't have that. But you know, there's a service there is provided, and all this other crap that goes with it. I might be convoluting a lot of ideas here, John, but I just, when I look at people getting upset about like, you know, I, I I'm I'm scared that a shit pie would do this because it's a service and then if we get rid of the regulation then twitter becomes the same thing as reddit but twitter doesn't have mods to delete comments like reddit does so they're not policing themselves and it's just going to become it's going to become i in my opinion what social media is the worst thing about it's humans yelling at each other and it's going to bring out the worst of us and that's not Twitter's problem. That's the human problem. Yeah. You know, we're going to bring out the worst in, our, in ourselves. And, you know, that's away from political speak. It could be literally me who is jokingly saying like, or not jokingly, I believe Zack Snyder's movies are terrible. I really do. But I don't think he's a bad guy. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be like Zack Snyder is a terrible person, blah, 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 all the personal stuff that happened to him. He deserves it. He doesn't. He's a human being. He has feelings. His artwork, though, I'm fully available to criticize. The thing is, is that I don't wish any ill will on this human being. And I bet if I put that on social media, what happens is people are going to, like, give me death threats because they love Zack Snyder. It's like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's the human beings we are handling here on social media. And now you're going to get rid of the thing that regulates it? What happens when someone is getting cyberbullied? Yeah. No regulation. What are we going to do? You know, and then the it happens with kids like the, you know, if a kid is bullied super well, like this happens to girls where they're bullied to tears and into depression and they end up killing themselves. Happens to boys, too. But, you know, these are the stories that hit national media like several years ago. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like social media. Huh? Like, it's so scary. And you get rid of the thing that regulates it. And the reason why I bring this topic up is it's it's scary, you know, and I think. I think while people think about their amendment rights, you got to think about the alternative is having human beings just run wild. Yeah. And that's scarier than Monster Hunter. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think about the time uh, years ago when there was that rumor going around that Facebook was going to um, make everything on its server public. And, like, obviously it wasn't founded oh, on any real facts or anything, but um, they weren't going to keep any information private like any post you made was going to be completely public you couldn't change the privacy settings at all and I, maybe maybe it's because i've never had to think about that because i've i've learned from a very young age that social media at least for me like i don't want to post anything on it on facebook or twitter that i don't want my i don't want my grandma to see or i would, i don't want my boss to see um mm -hmm. it's not a private place for you to vent it's not some place that you can um, just say whatever you want without any kind of consequences. Um, like you just need to be a civil human being. And I think if more people had that kind of mindset, no one would really be worried about like at least no one um, doing anything wrong. 
or not doing anything wrong would be worried about whether or not um, you have somebody monitoring what you're posting and, and fact-checking you and taking it down if it's um, harmful enough. Um, I, I think the people that are worried the most about what they're saying being monitored are the people you probably need to keep a closer eye on in general. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I see that point. Because some people say, uh, some people are like, why should I be censored if I believe in this and they're using slurs? And it's like, well, to the rest of the world, those slurs aren't nice. So we would prefer you not to use them or we'll ban you. Yeah. And that's just human decency. But people are just uneducated in that way. And it's bigotry. And and it's not it, and I really don't want it to sound like a like a lesson or a or a what's the word? I don't want it to sound like a lecture um, because guess what? And my philosophy is that if you want to marry a roller coaster, go ahead. I don't care. Whatever makes you happy. As long as you don't hurt anyone. That's my philosophy. You know, if you want to live a happy life uh, and you want to have sex with mangoes on your little cabin out in the woods, like, yeah, you're not you're not hurting me. You're not hurting the neighbors. You really love those mangoes. If mangoes could talk, we might have a problem here. But so far, they don't. So, yeah. You do you, bro. Uh, but as soon as it's like, hey, and I'm going to call this person the N-word, I'm like, whoa, you know, hold on there, tiger. Let's relax there. Let's. That's offensive, you know? Do you have any human decency? They'd be like, what? I pay my taxes and do what this and this and this. Can I be able to do that? And be like, well. No. No. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a weird thing. But we live in a country where it says, like, free speech not free hate speech there is there is hate speech laws unless you're in georgia where they're from like the 19, 1860s you know john yes <laughs> anyways away from this depressing ass topic let's get to the main topic today because that was kind of a get off my soapbox moment and uh we've got like maybe 15 minutes left but john i want to talk about cake okay we're shifting gears now. Ooh, culinary. Culinary. Um, we're getting towards the holidays. And it, and this is going to be a reoccurring thing. We're talking about the memories of the holidays, the things we do. Maybe there are weird traditions that I find utterly terrible that you follow, John. I don't, I don't know. What, what is this mistletoe? What, what, what's the deal with the mistletoe? Stupid? Not stupid? I don't know. But that's not today's topic. Today is going to talk about cake versus pie oh my gosh john where do you fall 100 percent cake really not even a question okay john i agree with you which means our friendship is going to last a little bit longer cool we live to see another day we live to see another day because you know there's someone holding a gun to us and be like agree agree <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah what's your uh what's your favorite type of cake i uh... You know, I used to just be like a straight up vanilla, vanilla on vanilla guy, um, mm -hmm. but I, I, I'm digging a good chocolate cake nowadays. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know really know how how this pertains to entertainment news, but maybe this is entertaining to somebody. But yeah, no, no you know, cake. people get an insight into our lives and be like, wow, they like cakes or they they like pies. Like I don't know. First, cake versus pie, and I'll I'll give you, like my my favorite cake is is like the 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 chocolate and vanilla cake mm -hmm. and it has the white icing basically if you ever heard of Publix 
They make dope cakes. And we used to work there. I'm just putting that out there. We used to work in supermarkets. So the Publix cake has been around. But, like, cake is dope. But pie still has a place in my heart. But I just don't appreciate it as much. It's just, like, because people act like pie is, like, oh, it's the greatest thing. And it's like, I love apple pie. I love apple pie. Apple pie is so good. Alamode, put some ice, vanilla ice cream on that. Super great. But you can't get as much variety on it. But if in the way that like it's satisfying every time. Someone's like, oh, I'm making a boysenberry pie. I'm like, that's so cool. I don't care. I'm making a limoncello pie. I'm like, that's so cool. I'm not about that. Or I'm making a rhubarb pie. Or I'm making a strawberry pie, which people really don't make. But I'm making a cherry pie. But I only have a few pies that I like. But, like, there are so many cake flavors out there, so many things you could do. You do, like, the, what is it, the the butter, what is it, the buttermilk, like, icing or whatever it is? Yeah. Like, you have so many options. You get, like, hazelnut icing. You can go nuts with cake. Like, but, but pie, pie is just, pie just seems, like, old-timey. Like, cake is the revolution. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why pie isn't on the Netflix show Nailed It. Um because cake has has options you can shape it you can make all these different types of things out of it pie you could turn it into a penis and give it to someone don't they do that for bachelorette parties they do do that for bachelorette parties you can't turn your pie into a penis that would be a very misshapen pie yeah they would fall apart just like most men do in the in the bedroom right oh this stream is sponsored by hens i'm just kidding it's not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'll never get that hen sponsorship no unless they like the the jokes that'd be cool hymns think about it okay <laughs> it's not for us it's for the audience exactly maybe anyways anyways tell me more about cake and pie versus pie why are you a pie hater john i mean because it it's just maybe it's not maybe it's because there aren't enough people making good pies out there and maybe people Ooh. are more cake centric around the areas that i've lived throughout my life and so maybe i just haven't been exposed to a good enough pie but i just i feel like not many people have birthday pies you don't have a pie (laughs) to celebrate somebody's retirement um you don't i mean you don't there's not really that many celebratory pies just cake is cake is an american staple and that's just who we are as a people we are we are cake people well people would say american pie is a staple because it did put on a lot of great sexual jokes in the early 2000s and uh yeah those those uh it, it was a great movie franchise <laughs> well, I, mean, I know I'm, I'm i made a joke there but uh <laughs> i i have i have a scenario for you okay you said birthday pies no one has that i swear to god if i have a child and i'm bringing them to someone's birthday and the and the dad comes out with his glasses just like me he's got this he looks like um like the father from modern family okay and he's just like we've got birthday pie i am i'm sucker punching him i'm going full at it there's no way i'm allowing my child to be anywhere near that you know a birthday pie that sounds sacrilegious yeah that's not a friend you need in your life anymore no we're not even friends our our, our, our kids are friends like my daughter or my son are friends with their son or daughter and they can't be friends anymore because their dad is a psychopath birthday pie what is that 
Well, then it's got to be birthday cake. Because you got to have the sparklers coming out of it. Like it's the 4th of July. Candles. I mean, you can you can only serve a limited amount of people with a pie. A cake, you can that bake too. into whatever shape and size you want. Like a dick. <laughs> but not at a birthday party. <laughs> you, you seem to be hyper-focused on this, Chris. I'm not. It's not that I'm hyper-focused about it. It's just I'm giving the most grotesque ter- like example, but it can be done. Yeah. Like, what is it? That show, Cake Boss, where they make extremely crazy designs for cakes yeah. because that's what people do like guess what if i'm a football if i'm a a, a a elite running back and i'm going to i'm going to the pros i'm getting my money i'm getting that contract guess what you better believe i'm gonna get a pay a cake of me running across the 50 yard line doing the heisman pose like i'm gonna want that if i'm able to pay for it hell yeah you can't do that with a pie <laughs> are you gonna draw it into the crust that's so lame. That's so lame. Thinking you utensil it into the crust. Gosh, pie got nothing on cake. Cake's just way better. Cake's just way better. We're telling you. 100%. 100%. If you dare, I swear to God, for you listening, for you who are on your tractor right now, I want you to pull over on the side of the road listening to this. Don't you dare bring out a pie for birthday. At the same time... If it's Valentine's Day, don't get me a fucking pie at the same time. I want cake. Get me that red velvet cake. It's Valentine's Day. You going to dye that pie like red or pink for Valentine's Day? What are you, nuts? Also, for Jesus's birthday, you bacon. I understand bacon pies for Christmas. But when you say it's Jesus's birthday, I swear to God, it better not be on a pie. You better have a cake, too. Like if you're going to bring out the pie, I understand pie. But if you're going to celebrate his birth, you better bring out a cake. No pie. Don't do. Don't disrespect my bro Jesus. This sounds like someone really close to you hurt you with a pie. I'm not saying that they hurt me. I mean, this is like a personal vendetta, Chris. It is a personal vendetta. I just remember growing up and somewhere, some, some, somehow, someone made a pie and I went, why cake is so much better cake is just so and i love a good pie it's great for thanksgiving it's fantastic there should be no cake i'm not saying that and cake is good anytime but thanksgiving is pie time halloween you can have pies there are also cakes of halloween cake is good anytime i'm just saying pies are just not appropriate at certain times you know it's like it's like when you're on, it's that commercial talking about security for the Apple, you know, the Apple 35, whatever iteration we are on it, where it's talking about, like, I looked up a bunch of divorce lawyers. I looked up a bunch of divorce lawyers. It's just, there's not a time, there's a time and place for this. And Pi needs to learn its time and place. He can't, he can't be there 365 days out of the year. Maybe like 20 days out of the year, you know? And the rest is cake. Maybe. That's still that's still a pretty high number for pie, though. Yeah, I would agree. That is a pretty high number for pie. <laughs> should be lower. It should be much lower. Actually. I'll take like three. What are you gonna have pie on Cinco de Mayo? What are you insane? <laughs> Just once every four months, is, you can have a pie. Is Earth Day a day where we want pie? Absolutely not. I want cake on Earth Day. I want a cake. Guess what? You can't get me a pie that looks like Earth. You can get me a cake that looks like Earth. And I'm not talking like the spherical thing. No, no, I'm talking about the globe. Get me a, get me like, 
Not a circle. I want a sphere, dude. You can make you can make the earth into a cake. Don't give me don't give me pie on Earth Day. I'm just saying. I'm learning so much about you, Chris. I have a vendetta against pie. This is like a like a pie that killed your dog. Now I have to ask you, John. Oh my gosh. Cheesecake has cake in the name. Looks like a pie. Is it a cake or a pie? It's neither. It's cheesecake. I don't know if I hate you or if I love you for saying that. Because <laughs> cheesecake, favorite, favorite dessert meal, hands down for me, for me personally. New York cheesecake, oh, give me some of that. What is a, so some restaurants do like, oh, we, we make this, uh, we make homemade whipped cream. I'm like, oh, it's not ready whip. It was made in the kitchen. It's delicious. Yes. I mean, it's different enough that I feel like comparing cheesecake to cake or pie is like saying that a taco is like just a Mexican sandwich. Is it a Mexican sandwich? No, it's not. No, no, no. You have starch on either side. You have meat in the middle, usually with some kind of vegetable. No, but that's a quesadilla. Okay. Okay. So then that's saying like saying a quesadilla is a Mexican sandwich. So wait. So if a taco is the Mexican sandwich, does that make quesadilla the sub? Yes. Okay. I'm glad we figured that out. That was easy. (laughs) <laughs> it's the flatbread oh uh that makes it harder Ooh, ooh. so, so what's the flatbread for mexican food uh i stumped you right because everything I mean, is mostly flat everything is basically the same ingredients but just in different amounts and in a different order mexican pizza no that's only a thing for did you have mexican pizza when you were in elementary school i think i must have blocked that memory from my mind i don't I don't recall. So in elementary school, I don't know why they called it Mexican. I, I know why they call it Mexican pizza, but it was funny. So we had days where we had regular pizza. Looks like a triangle. New York. Yeah, pizza. There we go. It's not deep dish, but it's a pizza. It's from the cafeteria. It sucks, but it's pizza. But then on Mondays, we'd have something called Mexican pizza. And John, it's not a triangle. It's a fucking hexagon. Like, it, it, it's, a hex, it's a hexagon. It's basically... It's got its crust on the outside, and it's got cheese, yeah. And the only difference is, it's like, it's got little little pieces of sausage on it. But for some reason, and don't ask me how I know this, the sausage doesn't taste like sausage. It tastes like dog food. It's such a... And it smells like dog food, too. And they're like, Mexican pizza. I'm like, this doesn't look Mexican at all. Like, where, like where's the queso? Where's the guac? What are you doing? This is just a pizza with sausage on it. You can get that in Italy. But the thing is, is like they're not the sausage is rolled up into a little ball and it doesn't smell like dog food. It's like a a slice of sausage and it smells like sausage, chorizo or whatever. Sweet Italian. It's abomination. That's the Mexican pizza. I don't think you went to a great school, Chris. I went to a great school. What are you talking about? Mm, not from the cafeteria standpoint. Uh, cafeteria. I will admit, for I think when I went to uh, this elementary school I went to opened up. It was brand new, and so I think actually my mom was. My mom told my mom told me she always has that she was the first parent to sign me up for the school. So I'm like pretty dope, and I was in kindergarten. So I, it was the first time that school was open. I went kindergarten through fifth grade. So, uh, you know, graduating, first graduating class, how about that? All the way through. Not the first one, whatever, but it's not really a big accomplishment. And I don't know why I'm saying all this stuff. It's just, you know, the Mexican pizza was disgusting. Yeah, I I could 100% understand that. 
I don't know why. I mean, that that's just probably scrounging up whatever leftovers they could and putting it together and giving it a, a fancier name to distract you from what they're actually feeding you. Maybe that's why I hate pie. It's because it looks like a fucking Mexican pizza. <laughs> nothing. Oh, by the way, nothing against Mexico. Nothing. Nothing against the people there. Nothing against that. Yeah. But they call it Mexican pizza, and I'm like, number one, this isn't Mexican. Number two, this ain't pizza. Like, this is d- disgusting. It's not. It's not Mexican, nor is it pizza. But you make it Mexican pizza, and at the same time, like maybe that's why I hate pies because they look the same. I think we found the issue here, John. I am the issue. You are, you are the issue? Yes, I am the issue. That That's fair. I could believe that. Nah, I thought you would. I thought you would definitely take my side that I am the issue. <laughs> so, for those of you who are still with us, that was the big reveal. Um, cake versus pie. Pie sucks. Cake is the winner. Uh... If you like pie, please stop listening to this podcast forever. No, I'm kidding. We still need you. Pie is great. Um, pumpkin pie, apple pie, for sure. John, what's your favorite pie? Chocolate. There we go. What? <laughs> yeah. Chocolate pie? I'm Look, man, I'm not really big, and I'm a pretty picky eater, so... Like, it's ba- when you say chocolate pie, what, what, do, you, what do you mean? It, it's basically just chocolate cake with a crust, is, is what it amounts to. Are you talking like the Marie Calendar chocolate pies? Basically. <laughs> it's just it's just chocolate. It's just like chocolate filling, not even like chocolate cream, like chocolate filling on top of crust. And on top of that, it's on top of the chocolate is like ready whip. Yep. <laughs> I'm a man of simple taste, Chris. Oh, this sounds so it sound I, I feel my stomach being like, we need to go to the bathroom because I just heard that. Oh, my stomach is already having indigestion from the thought of a chocolate pie. I live Ooh. for the simple things in life. You know, with your discussion of cho- of pies, I was going to say that we've placated the pie uh, audience, but I think we've we've uh, pushed them farther away. Yep, probably. That's thanks to you and me. I'll I'll take some blame. You know what? I'll take most of the blame. How's that sound? That's is fair. that fair? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that's right. That's fair. Anyways. <laughs> Thank you for joining our show. Uh, We are going to have also a review of The Boys Up, so please check out that. We're going to be talking about Season 2, The Boys Season 2. John, are you excited for that? I'm so excited to talk about that. It was such Ah, a good season. Such a great season, but it could not be a great season. You know, we're just giving you, we're we're not being honest with you. You're going to have to check out the review to know if John is being honest. I'm I'm 100% lying right now. I hated it. No, don't give him any inclination. Be like, I 100% don't know. But now you don't know because I just, I had, I said both extremes. I said I loved it and I hated it. So who knows what to believe? Oh, you know what? That's right. Fake news. Anyways, everyone have a, a great, a great weekend uh, or a great week, actually. Everyone have a great week. Enjoy yourself. Punch the dad who serves pie uh, for birthdays. We over and out. We'll see you next time. Hashtag punch Bye. the dad. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Ha <laughs> ha.